0: Good morning, Simon. Um, Thank you for joining us at Dorothy House today. Um, You're going to help us with your expertise to talk about quite a sensitive subject, Um, thinking about when a parent might be approaching end of life. Um, They're thinking about what's going to happen next for them and they've got dependent children and thinking about their future care. It's
1: always a pleasure. To come to Dorothy House, uh, you you will be aware that us as Moses Drew have had quite uh, a relationship with Dorothy House for quite some time now, uh, and you and I have been able to work together with various families um, and help them through these difficult times. And you know, I think I think it's been very beneficial for me, and I think for you that you. You nurture these families in a caring role, and I provide the legal framework that sits on the back of it. So I'm very happy to be here today. Thank
0: you. One of the things that we talked about recently, which we wanted to bring out into the open straight away in this podcast, was that difficult language around death and dying, because we tend to, as a society, in, um, in our culture, to avoid those words and use passing
1: away or, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I first spoke to you, I kept on saying passing and you were very, very right to pick me up on that and say, actually, we just deal with it head on. We we deal with the word death, dying, and we don't we don't shy away from that. And it took my mind a bit of time to get round that. But I think it, it is important to be very upfront, very honest, um, and and clear about why we're all here and what we're doing and what we're
0: looking at. And when there's children involved, it's particularly important because, in my experience, working with parents who are approaching end of life, they want the very best for their children, and actually being open about what's going to happen—that's kind of the first step.
1: I, I find. I deal mainly with parents mm-hmm. and usually one that's surviving and one that's dying um, and I think in terms of dealing with those parents the, the biggest heartache is that they they talk to you knowing that they're not going to know their children's future.
0: It's very sensitive and, and distressing and actually parents that are facing that, they're quite brave, aren't they, to be able to think about those things and they do need that emotional support. And I guess recently that we've had situations where, you know, both parents have died, or one parent has died and the other one is approaching end of life. And it's what happens in those situations. And I guess that's some of our discussion today, isn't it? It's about what parents need to be thinking about and the extended family because it isn't something that somebody should be dealing with all by themselves
1: i think both in my work with dorothy house and my work in the legal world i i very much favor the idea of what social work has always termed as family group conferences yeah i think you know it is not just these parents and these children that are going through this trauma. It is the family as a whole and people need to understand that and try and group together to understand what they can bring to that Mm. and what they can offer and what they can't offer. Mm. Because quite often people become very excited, not excited, but willing to be offering much more than they really ought to be in terms of support. And, and that can lead to all sorts of difficult situations. So it's, it's about tackling those, you know, those potential scenarios in the future in an open and honest way.
0: I think the family group conference model is very strength-based for the family, isn't it? So it is really a good model when you're thinking about children's fu- future care, and it's in that forum that they're supported by social workers and other professionals to think about these really difficult complexities. You know, maybe that the family doesn't have the resources to um, look after a child, and and what would happen in that situation.
1: I think it's also very important for the child because the child. Is part of a family, and if if one of the parents has already died, and we've got another parent that is about to die, there is a connection with two families. Now, they those families can be lost very quickly, and identity is very important for us as we travel through our lives, and my sense is that. These children need to understand where they come from and who are who make up their family because those people will also be able to backfill for these children at some stage later in their lives. You know, they will want to know about the parent that they've lost.
0: We talked a little bit about actually there's more than one child and maybe within the family unit that one person couldn't care for all of them and you give me some advice around ways that where children can stay connected you know even if they're being looked after by different people in the family
1: in terms of th- the family that we dealt with there were two children of quite different ages and quite different abilities and interests and the sad thing is is that the the care that was available within the family for those children was quite limited as well Mm. and so in order to nurture and provide a nurturing environment for these children we had to consider that they need they had different needs and whilst it was really important to keep these children together and maintain their relationship their needs wouldn't have been met in that scenario. Mm. So the question then came about whether it was better for them to live separately, but then to have a connection, but how that could be planned and worked out with the family, Mm. that that was going to give them the best opportunities Mm. in life. And it, it was a very difficult decision, but it was, I think it was quite empowering for the dying parent.
0: And that was really important for that parent because I think some of the discussions were being avoided and it was only when it was opened up honestly about the situation, the complexities that she was able to say what she would like and then embrace the whole family and that. And to have, to have a plan that it isn't just something that's going to naturally kind of evolve. It's, it's actually a proper plan. This is how we're going to do it together. And I think that's really important.
1: I, I'm very keen on meeting clients very early in the process. I, I like to meet them when they when they start entering into the palliative care environment. And I want to talk to them and structure what they're looking for, what their approach is. And I think to meet them initially is is imperative for them not only to digest the legal information that I'm going to provide to them, but also then start implementing that information into their their plan. and that gives them time to think about it and look and then explore options with their family. I think planning is key because it enables people to be able to let go and, and to die in a comfortable yeah. way.
0: And I think in the situation with the family that we worked with recently, that was really important because when those things were put in place and there was a better, better understanding and more planning around it and she felt really assured that the family had it on board there were professionals there holding the family that actually she was able to die peacefully and that's what we're aiming for at Dorothy House that we want people to have a peaceful death to know that actually if they've got children that they're going to be looked after, and that there's people there that care about them. And actually for the children themselves, that they know what their future is going to be, even though it's not going to take away the grief, it's not going to take away the distress of losing a parent who you love.
1: When you're looking at security, and you're looking at the parent that is dying, or both parents, both parents have parental responsibility mm-hmm. which provides them with all rights, powers and duties over their children and you will have parental responsibility for your child and your partner husband will have also have parental responsibility. Now you hold that as individuals and when one of you dies it doesn't diminish yours, you just take all of the parental responsibility and the question is is then what, what happens when, when you die? You know, what, where does, if the parental responsibility is gone, who has got care of the child? Well, you can nominate someone in your will to become a guardian but, and whilst that gives them the opportunity to look after your child, they still don't have parental responsibility. That's going to have to be transferred in some sort of form and usually is done through a court order. But you can make provision in your will that, that those the people that you hand over or want to have care of your children, you can leave them money so that they can mm. enter into a legal process.
0: Could they be specifying why they think this person is the best person to have parental responsibility for the child? Would that be something that would be useful? We,
1: when we draft wills, and I'm not a will lawyer, um, we draft wills with what we call wishes and feelings uh, that sit behind the will. and that explains why you would choose a particular person and what the care you would envisage for your child moving forward. They're not the way that I understand them um, is that they're not a legal document as such, they they but they provide a view as to it's your voice basically so that would in,
0: in a court that would be taken into consideration yes, yeah
1: so, yes, definitely yeah so so we would we would use that as a guide and if i were so if if i was working with a family and we were thinking about well where are these children going to go my my initial take on that would be well okay if you're wanting to put forward this person, let's explore why. And what what benefits are they going to bring to these children? And are they going to be other th- people that they, they need to consider or include within that? Because it may not be auntie and uncle are the best people to look after these children, but they're certainly good people to take these children on holiday yeah. to give them... Other options, yeah. other knowledge of mm-hmm. the family. Mm-hmm. So it's about making sure that everyone understands what their role will be yeah. after the death mm-hmm. of the parent, mm-hmm. and that is the, the crucial bit. People generally don't die overnight. No, it, it, it is quite a process, and as that process, as they work their way through that process there is a transition of these children into other people's care. And that is the thing that when the parent dies, those children will remain in that person's Mm -hmm. care until other bits kick in. Mm -hmm. And then the legal framework can then start Mm -hmm. being considered Mm and worked out.
0: So in a a simplified way, when a parent has died and that next bit kicks in, what should the family be thinking of at that time should they be approaching a solicitor
1: as the parent is heading quite close to death things should be in place so financial uh, in order to enable whoever's going to take over this child to make an application to the court for parental responsibility and a residence order of the child and is a simple application that can be made. You can get in front of the court very quickly because someone needs to take care and control of the child. Hopefully, as the parent who is working through to death is meeting with social workers, those social workers will talk to social workers in the community so that there's an understanding in the local authority that there's good provision for these children and that people are understanding what's going to happen but there doesn't need to be some horrible emergency application to the court. It can be done quite quickly but mm. in a slow time.
0: Simon, thank you so much for talking to me today. It, it can be quite a complicated subject, it's quite a sensitive subject but I think it's really important to for people to have some guidance around it and I guess that if people have got more questions who are patients of Doherty House, they can speak to the family support team and we can signpost people to your service for um, legal advice um, yeah so thank you very much
1: no, thank you for inviting me